It's Monday the 27th of December 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're not listening to The Week in Iceland. No, that's right, you're in fact listening to a special one-off programme called The Year in Iceland, where we'll be discussing some of the major events of this year, why they happened and why we cared. Uh, my guests are the journalists who are this year in charge of making Ruv's TV popular annual Frieta Anot programme. Um, a look back over the year, at, both at home and abroad. So welcome to you, Johan Bjartni Kolbenson and Olaf Ragnarsdottir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, I think it's fair to say that Frieta Anot is one of the most complex and carefully researched programmes of the year, certainly in the area of news and current affairs, and you've had no shortage of options uh, to cover this year. We've had an election... Uh, not to mention the damaging and drawn-out aftermath of said election. We've had a volcanic eruption. There's been a little pandemic that's still going on. A new airline took to the skies. Football has been in crisis, uh, and that's closely related to the revived Me Too movement. Iceland finished fourth at Eurovision. We had a long, hot summer up north and endless grey down south. The Arctic Council presidency was passed on to Russia. Blood mares have been a huge topic of conversation, as have the cats of Akureyri, um, and plenty more besides. But before we dive into the year's news, I just want to start to talk about what you've been doing. Um, how's it going so far? I think it's going <laughs> quite well, uh, but we're both doing this for the first time. So we're kind of uh, learning as we go also. We have uh, Becky with us, the producer and uh, cameraman who mm-hmm. has done it before. So he can, like in the beginning, he started to explain to us how it was, uh, how, how it's done. And the first thing we did was to actually go over every single uh, item we made uh, for TV this year. Which is many hundreds. No, many thousands. I think it's like six to seven thousand stories, TV stories done here every year. Hmm. So what are your criteria? Where do you even begin to start with seven thousand stories of what you think or what the world generally thinks is is important enough to put in the programme? You just have to evaluate every single item, I guess. Hmm. But we had uh, some ideas, you know, before we started that we needed to do special special COVID items, special eruption item, one on me too, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we do special pieces on those and then we do every month on, on smaller, you know, stories. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this project for you guys is a couple of months long at least, isn't it? Yes, we started in the beginning of November and we, well have to finish before the 31st of December. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) And we're a bit stressed because, you know, we're having Christmas coming up, so we don't have a lot of time on our hands. Well, again, thanks for coming on this show (laughs) and taking up some of that time. Um, uh, Yeah, so how how is the experience as a journalist? Because you spend most of the year in the now, you're researching the news and finding out what's going on. Now you're kind of in a sort of researcher role and 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 mm-hmm. it must be a very different atmosphere different working conditions for you. I, I kind of feel like a, a historian doing this really mm. because i've never done this before i'm always you know looking at what's happening today or tomorrow so it's it's a new experience for me and, and quite different yeah mm. i think yeah i think we were both in the beginning a little bit stuck in like we we're like oh this issue like we have to talk about that and but wait how is it now and how did it like we were kind of stuck into trying to make it into a little piece of news instead of just like oh we're just going to mention this happened mm. and we don't have to like make a phone call and see what's happening now 
Like we had to like drop that attitude. <laughs> yeah. And how much show. of that is there? Is it, are you following up on the stories or some of the stories at least, or is it is very much like this is what happened then? Yeah, it's more like that. But we we do when we f- maybe find stories that we're like, oh, maybe it would be a good idea to check now. Then we just let the the newsroom know and and someone maybe checks it and then we see what happens. Okay. Often like uh, crime investigations, mm-hmm. sort of things. What's what's going on with the investigation? You know, because I find that quite often there's interesting news stories that happen and then they sort of fade out. And then a few months later, you're thinking to yourself, I wonder what happened with that. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an opportunity for finding out those questions. Yeah. Exactly. And re- and reminds us of, you know, stories, forgotten stories, maybe. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Let's check up on, on, the, on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, talking of stories, what stood out this year for you? COVID-19. <laughs> really? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we started, I, I didn't realize how big a story COVID-19 was this year, but it dominated the year, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least, uh, when you look over over this year. Uh, mm-hmm. We had an eruption, we had earthquakes, we had Me Too, we had this uh, election thing going on, and, and many stories abroad, of course, but COVID-19 dominates. Yeah, it's true, because it affects everyone, kind of every aspect of society and all the world. Mm-hmm. So it's just undeniably the biggest story. You've been through the seven, six to seven thousand news stories of the TV news this year. How many didn't mention COVID? How many days? How many days? Wow, we we should have counted. Yeah, <laughs> there are a few. Okay, we can promise that, but yeah. I don't know how many. How is it? To what extent is it possible to do an, a, an, a year-end review of a story that isn't over? Because we we had this COVID story going on the 1st of January and we've got it on the 31st of December. Mm-hmm. What challenge is that? It's it's quite a challenge. It's maybe the biggest challenge, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess, doing this. And we decided to do, you know, we, we have two items in the show. You know, first half of the year, COVID until July and then... We, we take a break because, you know, people don't want to watch COVID for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we come back to COVID a bit later. So we did divide to divide the story into two parts. And that's because the summer, the problem magically disappeared for like two yeah. weeks. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and then came back. Out. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's exactly where we take the break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we try uh, just so if people are listening, they're like, oh, my God, I'm not going to watch it. Just COVID. It's. But what we are really aspiring to do is to make it also um, enjoyable, fun to watch, because it's not just going to be heavy, like, oh, COVID, blah, blah, blah. We try to find those little moments, because we've we've also done uh, lighter COVID stories, you know, talking to kids, or etc. So we try to, like, make it also <laughs> enjoyable for the viewers. Yeah. Which is a challenge, uh, yeah. not, not just with COVID, but I think in this program every year, exactly. it's always got a quite a light tone, a bit of humour. Yeah, but the news isn't always light and funny. No, um. not at all. But sometimes, and it's important to also include that. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't want to spend the whole of this program on COVID, but was there anything <laughs> particular aspect of it that really stuck out for you? In my opinion, a, an interview with a young girl, maybe six, seven years old, in Akureyri, when everything was lifted and, and they could go back to practicing soccer, uh, 
our reporter up north asked her what she felt about it and and she basically said uh it's not over and he asks why because covid is endless she replies <laughs> and it's 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 in my opi- opinion the best comment of the year she's incredible yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just how we all feel and she was just like yeah i think it's not over <laughs> That's how we all feel. I think one thing we also realized kind of because, you know, um, we took this, you know, COVID is over, uh, vaccinations, 80% and everyone hopeful that, you know, the vaccination would change everything. And now we feel like they didn't change anything or many people feel like that. But when you look at the year from the beginning until now, they definitely made a big difference. Because in March we went, we did the like um, strictest lockdown yet, and then we had at the most fourteen uh, a day infections. Now we're in like hundred plus, and we're not near like the restrictions aren't nearly as strict now. So something changed. The number of people in hospital is down. Yeah, mm. and I mean I think it's a fair assumption to say that. That's thanks to vaccinations. Indeed. Um, okay, let's move on to a different st- topic. Maybe save some of the big ones for a minute. Is there anything small, perhaps easy to forget, that sticks out for you guys um, from this year? Oh, that's a really good question. We should... Or maybe we could talk about the volcano and come back to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's think about it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't... Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, volcano. That was... Second biggest story of the year, do you think? In Iceland, yeah. In Iceland? I, I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that and me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But visually, the eruption was the biggest story of the year, of course. Mm-hmm. Great pictures our cameraman here took. And, yeah, absolutely. And then throughout the months, so many other people took so many amazing pictures. And yeah. it was always mm-hmm. a pleasure to share them. And they've got such good response as well. So, so it's, it's it's enjoyable to, to edit the whole story because we have so much good material that's that's sort of visually the best thing in in this program Mm -hmm. Mm. definitely a pleasure or a bit of a headache when you've got so much material (laughs) yeah you have to kill your darlings definitely (laughs) yeah yeah both i guess (laughs) Mm. um yeah i think yeah i think you always write like the eruption and me too our close second to covid which has been the most interesting for for the program that you're making, given the most options. Like you said, the pictures from the volcano are amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But perhaps the personal stories from the other one are much more important. Yeah. Yeah, of course. For, for me too. I mean, yeah. The, 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 that was sort of like a, a snowball that started and and just kept growing and growing and growing and growing, and 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 is still growing. I mean. Enormous effects, and I, I think this 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 is a bigger moment than 2017 when Me Too One started. Mm-hmm. This is even bigger in Iceland, at least. Yeah, the second wave or the second revolution of this is probably bigger, like you say. Um, but where did it come from? Why did it start up? Do we really yeah, know? I think um, what started it, you know. To, um, I mean, it started on social media, like the first one. It was this case uh, in May with Sölvi Tryggvason, um, the 
who has been in, working in the media for years and had a podcast show and there was these rumors about him having uh, yeah used violence against women and then he made kind of uh, a show about him saying he did not do that with his lawyer and was crying and and that was kind of the trigger I think for uh, women to start sharing their stories. People, women specifically, saying, yeah. we, th- we don't believe you. This isn't good yeah. enough. Yeah. And then it just kind of like blew up and I was like, oh, I, I've been, to, been through this and this. And yeah, it just kind of turned out, yeah, uh, and was this huge deal throughout uh, the rest of the year. Mm. And it really has been. It's touched so many other stories Um that are not directly Me Too related. Exactly, yeah. What does that mean for next year? Because it, you can't, it's not fair to say that Me Too got forgotten, but it did go away for a couple of years, mm-hmm. reduced down. What do we think this means for next year? Is it going to be as in the uh, public discourse as it is now? Is it here to stay? Yeah, I think it's here to stay. And I, I, I hope that the most important that we thing that we take from this is that men, you know think twice before they do things and, and change the way they think and the way they act mm-hmm. because if, if, if this doesn't change anything nothing will I guess yeah and that's the most important thing in my opinion just change the mi- man- mindset of, of men yeah. <clears throat> yeah and I feel like the discussion is opening up now more about that I know it's controversial but it's something that we have to look at also like what about what should we do to try and prevent, you know, and help maybe men or people who have done something that they regret? And of course, they have to actually regret it. And, and like, how can we help them? Mm. Times change, mm-hmm. attitudes change. People sometimes need a push to wake up to uh, to what they've done wrong. Sometimes they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So True. there, are, it's yeah, it's a two sided coin. Um, that's one of the things that did come up this year that didn't come up in the first wave yeah. of Me Too was the positive aspect. What can be done? What men should be thinking about? Perhaps making it easier to come out and apologise for past deeds without victimiz- without demonization. Yeah, exactly. And that's new. Yeah, true. And positive? Or is it letting people off the hook? I mean, uh, that's a personal opinion of... of me maybe like but i i think it's definitely something we have to look at also because um to be able to kind of uh, completely move out out from this like atmosphere or or culture that was has been dominating for i don't know hundreds of years and then we're trying to evolve and change that and then we have to look at the whole whole thing i'm i'm not saying that we should just oh he said sorry then it's totally fine doesn't work like that it's a little more complicated but yeah I I think we definitely have to Mm -hmm. take that into question and perhaps that exact point that you're coming on that you're saying now how does that relate to football um, specifically because Kawasi has been in crisis Mm -hmm. over this very issue Um, the men's team possibly in some way linked possibly not who knows but hasn't been doing very well this year Um, what's the future like there for them that's uh, that's a huge question yeah. uh, that's a huge question uh, I, mean, I want the answer uh, right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, th- I think the team is just going through uh, hard times and, and they need to, you know, renew themselves sort of. And that's what they're doing. They're having younger players coming up and the older ones are leaving. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if, if they're re- Me Too related or not. Just the team is changing and, and that will take time. But Me Too definitely has an effect on them. And both. the management of the whole of KSE. Of course. Yeah. Both because they are losing good players who are involved and also, I, I guess it, it has a, a, an effect on everyone who is not directly involved to, to have these stories mm-hmm. around the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's probably difficult mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a, another issue that, that was raised now uh, is, is this you know, discussion on should, should these men have a voice or not, which came from, started mostly from this interview in Quakewood with Thoris mm-hmm. Simonson. And all the all the questions that particular interview raised, which was very interesting, and we we're trying to cover a bit on our, in our show. Um, yeah, that, that was, of course, very controversial. Should that interview have been done or not? Should it have been done in a different way or not? You know, mm-hmm. did we raise enough questions, so forth? That was a very interesting yeah. uh, discussion this year. Mm. It was really interesting to see the difference between, for example, Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter. Almost everyone was completely outraged. They were just in shock that Quaker had actually done something like this. And then on Facebook, you had people thanking Quaker for doing this amazing show. It just shows, I think, the gap between, I don't know, generations or, or, or whatever it is. Like, it was just very interesting. Yeah. And peculiarly Icelandic as well uh, in that regard, because... I mean, we look at America and uh, Twitter is all about Trump. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's yeah. like different people using different media. Yeah, Twitter tends to have like this right-wing bias, but not in Iceland, I think. Mm. Not that it's a political issue specifically. No, of course not. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, right, okay, let's move on. Um, did you think of anything... We've been talking the... so much, no time to think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> small... Stories. Um, well, yeah, something that could have possibly slipped under the radar that you think is particularly interesting. I mean, the cats in Akureyri is one example that has uh-huh. gained yeah. way too many column inches for my liking, but people have been really interested in it, and it's one of those sort of salt and pepper questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a typical story that that people will sh- see in the show. And yeah, yeah, right. This happened this year. Ah, mm-hmm. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you like the uh, the the Danish. Uh, t- uh, uh, oh TV program, yeah. children's program, right? Yes. It's oh, it so the... good in the beginning of the year. Do you remember it? Something about... John Dillerman, it's called. It's uh, about a guy who has a large, very long penis. Yeah, that's what I thought and he it was. Can't con- <laughs> he can't control it. Yeah. And he gets into all kinds of trouble. It's just kind of like, oh, oh no, John Dillerman, something. And that was... Um, <laughs> it's just the song and everything that goes with it it's very good and then there's this interesting debate some people were outraged and were also saying like I mean it's 2000 it's 2021 does anyone remember me too like he should be able to restrain himself and something like that but of course it's nothing sexual it's a children's show and then on the other hand there were people saying like I mean it's just a body part like he can have a large nose why can't he have a large penis Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did That's that program very... ever make it onto TV here? Yeah. Yeah. And that made kind of, uh, yeah, 
people were divided in Denmark. It was actually TR, like the roof of Denmark, who mm-hmm. who showed had that show on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and <laughs> Bernie Sanders mittens. Yeah, that, that was, was that amazing. Was great. Yes, it was. Um, um, also, like uh, all, all kinds of small stories regarding COVID, like uh, because we, we we kept on using Teams. And this small story in the states where the uh, where the person had uh, a cat filter on, it was a, it was a it was ju- a counselor ju- or a judge yeah, or something, judge or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just these small stories that you know you can laugh about. It's, yeah. th- th- those are important. Yeah, yeah. and then someone else, uh, a journalist, I think, in in New York, who got sacked because of some nudity offence on teams when the camera oh, shouldn't yeah. have been. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was an accident. Oh, yeah, no. we're not covering that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Mm. That's, a, that's a kind of little nuggets like that. Yeah. Was there any of those sorts of stories in Iceland? Anything? Not this year. It was last year. Yeah. Uh, the uh, In Reykjanesby, right? Where someone called for... There's Leslie Snura. Yeah, yeah, the charger. Yeah, like, I need my, I need, I need my charger. You know, and like she really thought she was on mute on a big meeting. Really screamed. <laughs> screamed at her children. <laughs> Everyone the, could relate, I think. Com- computer was running out of battery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a strange year, and now we're all back on Teams again, um, but yeah. the restrictions are a little bit. No, 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 no COVID, no COVID. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep going. We're done. Yes, we're done. <laughs> um, okay, so we briefly touched on the volcano. Maybe there's not too much to say about that, um, especially not with so much else going on. Mm. We've got the weather and climate change. Yeah. They go together hand in hand. Uh, climate change has been possibly the second existential topic in public conversation this year after Me Too. Mm-hmm. Not maybe a news story, but the sort of awareness yeah. waking up that's been going on maybe that's just my opinion no it is and it should be and uh, I think we should uh, give it more weight sometimes like and we should cover it more and yeah try to emphasize really how uh, this how serious it is you know I think sometimes we forget because it's been going on for so many years it's always oh this report says this and now there's a new report saying the same and it's still so it kind of like, yeah, melts into one. Yeah, yeah. and it seems to have fa- had effects in Iceland this year. Uh, the mudslides up north and the drought up east during the summer it didn't mm-hmm. rain for like I think it was like fifty days or something yeah. without mm-hmm. rain up north. Yeah, farmers are looking at irrigation yeah. options yeah, for yeah, the yeah. first time ever. They were they were digging for water, uh-huh. basically. Yeah, yeah, because they were all out of water. Uh-huh. And then the opposite down here. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't perhaps the wettest summer we've ever had, but it was no. one of the least sunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Or not. Yeah. And then, uh, the, of course, there was COP26 in Glasgow. Um, that was also a huge story. And uh, From an Icelandic perspective, um, a huge story partly because our delegation there was the old government even though it was long past the election. Yeah, and exactly. kind of no one knew what they were and were not allowed to say, and, you know. Yeah, and now we have a new uh, ministry dedicated right. to right. to this issue. Mm. So. There is a controversy. Um, energy, environment and climate change mm-hmm. in, together in one ministry. Mm-hmm. Some questions about 
the compatibility of energy with the environment. Although there is an obvious link there, we can all agree. Of course. But if it's a conflict conflict of interest is the question. Mm-hmm. Um, Time will tell, I guess. Yeah. And a new minister as well mm-hmm. for that ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the old minister has gone into, hang on, what is it, social affairs? Yeah. Yeah. Good and thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, of course, he was brought into the government specifically for the environment. So mm. that's interesting in itself. Yeah, it is. Um And, yeah, like you said, new ministry. So we've got 12 now, mm-hmm. uh, up from 11, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, there so was one So they're creating a new extra. one for about 190 million kroners. Mm-hmm. It's quite a lot of money. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually heard on the news that uh, chairman of Samfylkingen said that uh, the cost would be closer to 1 billion kroners. That's a difference. Yeah. Okay. But you know, all, all this, all these shifts would cost the government one billion. Uh, I just heard on the news this morning, mm-hmm. and that's of course coming from the opposition. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But who knows? But, yeah. Maybe let's not talk too much about the specifics of politics. But no. the election is something we should cover. Exactly. Um, the three government coalition parties kept their majority as expected. Mm-hmm. They'd expressed a will to carry on working together, which they've done. That's all so far so good. Um, everything else, though, was crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, from the moment the polls closed until, what was it, two months later? Longer? I don't mm. know. Uh, almost nothing happened and everything happened. Well, yeah, of course, started with the story going abroad that, that we would have the first uh, female majority in parliament. And then, like, six hours later, we had to withdraw that story. And, and, and you know, it, it was horrible. Yeah. Because it was so... so it was so interesting and, mm. and good for us to to lead the world, sort of. And then then it didn't happen because of one man in Borganes, <laughs> like some people say. That was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was. Um I, I can't even begin to try and explain in, in a succinct, short way what exactly happened, but um the day after the election they decided to do a recount and then it threw up a different result. And then a whole chain of events went into into effect that mm-hmm. um, that kind of I don't know what it was a it was a political crisis in the, in the most pure state of the term and it ended up with Althingi having to vote itself legitimate mm-hmm. yeah uh, which always happens mm-hmm. but this time it really meant something mm-hmm. is there any prospect of that changing uh, they're they're talking about that this will end up in in uh, at the human uh, rights courts, and who knows? Maybe that that will happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then again, you think like, um, how else should it be? Like, I think it's always going to be political in some sense. Oh, I don't know. I don't have the answer uh, how to change it, but yeah, maybe we will have to. Mm. Maybe a independent committee appointed by the president or something. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. But meanwhile, those those three leaders of government, you know, took all the time they needed to discuss. A new government. Mm. They, they had two months and just really could sort of relax, do it slowly, and and you know they had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's hands. why they made so many big changes to the ministry lineup. Maybe because they had a lot of time to mm-hmm. to think of new ways to to run the government. Mm. Now, to what 
extent has, or to what sort of greeting has this ch- shake-up had? Because there's like there's an extra ministry, uh, but also their responsibilities have been vastly shifted around. Um, for example, we don't have a single education ministry anymore. They've split universities from schools, mm-hmm. for example, and much more. What's the general reaction been? Are people confused by this, happy with it, uh, understanding, or just, you know... Generally, I, I I think there's not much confusion. I I think uh, there hasn't been been a lot of discussion on it. I, no. I, I guess people are not su- really surprised. I agree. Uh, I guess the biggest story was that they changed the uh, health ministry, and the health health minister Willem mm-hmm. Thor came in for Santis, and and there was an interesting story yesterday. He was bringing in Björn Soeka as his uh, consultant. Uh, he is, of course, very experienced from Karolinska in, in Stockholm. So And also from Landspital. Yeah, yeah. He has gone by. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was there before. So that's pretty interesting that he, he brings him in just week week into his ministry. That's mm-hmm. mm. a good declaration of intent. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, yeah. Whether anything comes of it or not. But right. they're, they're talking about huge changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Restructuring mm-hmm. of the health service, which depending on how it works out, I think would be popular uh, across political lines, probably. Because mm-hmm. most people agree something needs to change. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Mm. OK, uh, we're running out of time. Maybe just one more thing. Um, what's the most fun or funniest item that you've put in the show so far? <laughs> well, Dash of uh, humour to finish on. We, we, we are producing our own material. This is not only... Uh, Stories from this year. We're, we're doing a bit of our own yeah. production, and uh, you, you, we always have like a, a final scene in this show, and that's something we produce. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to say too much, but I think it's going to go very, very well, and will be funny, and a, a good warm up for Automotorskopet, which is next on after this show. Yeah. Yeah. On New Year's Eve. We're, um, yeah, I think we. Managed, we were we were thinking about it like right from the beginning like what should we do we want to do something original and you know because they've done a lot of stuff in the past you know making all like um, you know politicians and people who are um, a lot have been on the news through the year like do a dance like mm-hmm. they did the Theresa May dance like yeah I remember that yeah. or yeah. something yeah so we were really like thinking and I think we landed on a pretty good yeah <laughs> But we, we can't say too much because yeah. we would spoil, you know. <laughs> no, good teaser. I, yeah. I approve. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, maybe it's a good time to finish. Uh, the Week in Iceland will be back with you on Monday the 3rd of January on roof.as forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. That just leaves me to remind you that Freyta Anout will be on Roof 1 right before Automotoscape on New Year's Eve evening. And also that you can then turn over to Roof 2 for Automotoscape with English subtitles. Uh, both will be available afterwards online as well. Check out roof.is forward slash English for all the highlights on Roof TV this festive period. For now, it's thank you to Johan Bjartni Kolpinson and Olaf Ragnarsdottir. Thanks for coming. Thanks for your time. Thank, thank you. you. The all-important time. Um, <laughs> and also thanks to Lydia Gretesdottir for running the studio. While we don't know yet what the closing song in Automotoscope will be this year, this is the perfect opportunity to play last year's closing song, Klaurum Theta Saman. 
Thanks for supporting Ruv English in 2021. Happy New Year and see you again in 2022. Bye for now. <laughs> Yeah.